Welcome to the Impact Multiplier CEO Podcast. If you're a chief executive, or if you think like one, and you want to create exponentially greater impact, then this show is for you. My name is Richard Medcalf, founder of X-Quadrant. I coach some of the most successful and impressive CEOs and executive teams on the planet and help them achieve extraordinary results. And no matter how successful you've been in the past, there's always a whole new level of impact available to you. So if you're ready to play a bigger game than ever before, I invite you to join us and become an Impact Multiplier CEO. Miguel Giribet is the CEO of Cash Converters in Spain. This is a really interesting business. It's halfway a financial services company and halfway a retail company. And uh, uh, Miguel has a great background in e-commerce and high growth businesses and in his role in CEO, as CEO, reporting into the two founders of the business. He um, brings that e-commerce expertise and also has to learn the whole retail, physical retail side of the house as well. And uh, in the conversation today, we get into some really great areas. We look at those two key places he needs to put his focus as CEO and how the balance between those two areas has shifted over time. Uh, we also talk about purpose. Um, he took a sabbatical to Bali. And when he was on that trip, something happened to him that set him on fire with a purpose. And what has been really interesting is he's linked that purpose to the purpose of the business. And I think in that connection between the leader's purpose and the business purpose, all sorts of sparks fly. And you hear he gets really passionate when he talks about that. Um, and then finally, we talk about what he's going to need to change for him as he grows the business. He has a vision to change, to grow the gross margin of the business um, three times in five years and to double the revenues at the same time. So what's going to change in him if he's going to become the leader who can do that? Enjoy this conversation with Miguel of Cash Converters España. Miguel, hello and welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Richard. Happy to share with you my stories. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to, to, uh, to getting into this, Miguel. I know that you are the CEO of uh, Cash Converters in Spain. I know it's a business which is just over 500 people. Uh, I, uh, uh, nine figures in revenues. It's, um, it's a... Um, it's a really interesting business, and I know it's it's a mix of financial services and retail. And you joined a month before lockdown as CEO of this of this growing business. So I'm sure you've got some really interesting stories to tell us about the learning curve. Exactly. Well, um, no no question about how hard these two years have been. Uh, as you said, I I joined the company one month before the lockdown. Uh, let's say with, with the typical um, challenges of a middle-sized company uh, in need of a strong change process or transformation process, yeah, from a, let's say, very strong focused offline business plus offline financial services towards a more digitalized company, yeah. Okay. Uh, so big challenge, yeah, plus suddenly our... Uh, offline business in March to 2020 falls down completely. Yeah, so so you have to deal with two different kind of challenges at the same time. So imagine how hard this has been in the last two years. 
Yeah, so yeah, right. So this is going to be the interesting story, right? You have a business that you have to do a transformation on. And at the same time, you have this crisis, the offline business falls off a cliff at the yeah. moment you're trying to move it forward. So let's just take a step back before we jump into that. Um, do you want to tell us very quickly about, um, first of all, just describe the, the business to us, right? The cash converters business. Um, and then um, what was it that, about your previous life that got you this job, right? What was it that you brought from your, pre- I know you were in e-commerce before, um why you know why do they hire you if you like into this role as CEO of this business what do they see in that profile well go, going to this question is um exactly i come from the e-commerce business privalia was a very successful company uh within the spanish i would say startup ecosystem it was founded in 2006 and it was sold to one of our main competitors uh, back in 2016 for uh, 500 million euros at that time the biggest deal uh, within the, the e-commerce, I would say, ecosystem. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of lived different stages in this company. I first opened uh, our company in Mexico, then I moved uh, to Spain where, where I needed to work on a turnaround process. And then I worked in the integration of our company into, into our competitor, uh, let's say, who were the, 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 the purchasing company, right? Uh, so I went through very diverse uh, experiences within the same company and always with a very, very strong focus on, on I would say, uh, making things happen quickly, um, making growth happen and making changes happen and making integration happen. So th- it was all about making things happen uh, in a very, very challenging ecosystem, which is a startup e-commerce fashion business. Yeah. So at the time I met the two owners of of this company, uh, they said, Miguel, I think, you know, or we think your experience is quite relevant in making things happen through through the team, right? Um, That's that's one of the things that I I bring from my previous company. You know, it's it's about having the, you know, the right team in the right place. and this company needed a transformation in terms of team. Yeah, so they said, "Hey, you're the right person to move this. We need we need to change the company. We need to change our business model. We need to change mm. our culture. We need to change many things. You made all these thing, things happen in your previous experience. Mm. Come here and and help us." Right? Got it. Yeah. So there's a lot of things in that, right? So you <laughs> you had this experience and this expertise in high growth businesses, uh, making things happen quickly. Uh, through the team, came into this business which needed a new business model, a new culture, and they saw that. So there was a sense of continuity, right, from those previous roles and bringing things in. Yeah. Let me ask you, um, what was the discontinuity, right? So what did you find that was perhaps a new challenge? Obviously, you had lockdown, which was a new challenge for everybody that arrived just uh, a month after. But what was, you know, in terms of that um, that role, perhaps over this bigger, more complicated business or uh, this, 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 this very different business. What was, what, was the di- what was different for you? What did you have to kind of wrestle with in the new role? Look, um, so I would say basically, basically the, the retail uh, part, the offline retail part, yeah, it's something that I hadn't been able to work at in my previous experience. We were a peer player before, or I was we were a pure player in my previous experience. Uh, and 
in this company, I added the complexity of the retail um, right. offline, right? Um, which and, of and course, what's complicated about that? What what makes offline? You know, what do e-commerce people need to understand about offline retail that they dynamics, don't understand? Dynamics are quite different in, in terms of, for example, e-commerce people. We think constantly about how to improve conversion rate in our sites. For example, how to how to bring traffic, uh, and and those two things are quite, I would say, straightforward in e-commerce. Yeah. Um, when it comes to offline retail, those two things are completely different. Yeah, mm. how, how you drive traffic to your stores, how to create great experiences for your customers so that you improve conversion, that's a completely different world, right? right. The way of thinking, it's quite similar, yeah? But what are the levers to move traffic, conversion, average uh, ticket uh, that's completely different? And, uh, and of course, uh, in the retail offline, it's all about people, or it's a lot about people. Mm. In the retail online, it's a lot about technology. Yeah. So they are completely different levers that you need to deal with. And especially when you're going through such a difficult time as we are, all retailers are going through right now. Yeah. Um, it becomes especially challenging to leverage on people, to leverage on people, to make things happen in stores. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you had, um, yeah, you had that pressure from the offline business, as you say, it was falling off a cliff. Um, and and yet it's all about people, right? The physical retail, <clears throat> the experience for customers is going to be determined by the people who are running that store or that, that, that business. Exactly. Exactly. There are so, two, yeah. Oh, sorry. I was I was going to say there are two things that make big difference in a conversion rate of whatever store. Yeah, uh, product and experience. Yeah. Mm. On the product side, in e-commerce, you click a couple of buttons. Yeah, and the product is there. Uh, you improve a couple of, I would say, experiences in the in the in the funnel, and your experience is much better. Improving experience and in, in improving product placement and what kind of product you have in stores, it's it's a completely different story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so that those are the things that we're working on very strongly right now, and that thanks God uh, they're giving us very good results. And in in retail off, we're already selling uh, more than what we were selling uh, in 2019, which is very good news for us. Yeah, that's that's amazing. So tell me as well, you um, do you, uh, do you basically report directly to the two founders that you mentioned? Exactly, exactly. So <laughs> I report to both of them. Uh, plus, uh, we've created a um, an advisory board with external people, uh, very strong people. Some of the people come from previous experiences that I had, and people that I had worked with in previous companies. Some other people come from, let's say, the 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 environment of, of the two founders. And we have created a good mix of people that help us on a monthly basis to, to you know, focus, to think about our challenges, to talk about uh, execution, you know, all those things that sometimes are not discussed within the normal board of the company, I would say. So advisory board is a great, um, is a great tool for us to keep on moving and keep on pushing uh, yeah. the ball, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. My experience is very similar. I was um, 
uh, three years, I was on the um, advisory board of a $3 billion, billion tech uh, distributor. Yeah. And uh, it was really interesting because they're so great at their operational stuff that they're doing, you know, exactly. but you still get a really different perspective when you start to talk with external people and you, you know, mash those thoughts exactly. together. Exactly. So, so tell me, um, I guess the reason I was asking about this was, what was the surprise or what was the different challenge of, you know, perhaps being a very senior executive in some of those previous businesses and becoming the CEO with the direct management of the investors and the founders and uh, the board and everything else? How, you know, how's that kind of, um, how did, you know, what did you find and discover during that process? Well, that, that's, a very, that's a very good question that I'm still, you know, discovering day by day. So I would say, um, look, when, when you are a CEO, uh, you, I think you have to make two things happen. Yeah, your team doing their homework, I would say, yeah, turkey, taking their responsibility, making sure uh, that, you know, that they put the right tools, people, process, and so, and so on to make things happen. Yeah. Plus, at the same time, you need to make sure that the owners uh, do their homework. Right. Uh, for example, uh, making sure they have a clear vision of where they want to go. Of course, I am responsible. I'm the main responsible for strategy, but I want to make sure my two founders uh, say, "Okay, that that's the good way." Yeah. yeah. Uh, making sure they give you the financial capacity to do things. Yeah. Making sure they find, for example, the right people for this advisory board. Yeah. Making sure you know there are different things that are at a different level. And I think that being in the middle of, of, of that sandwich, yeah, yeah. So you need to make sure both teams do their homework, yeah? And, and that is the difficult part. Yeah, and, and if, you know, if you were kind of giving advice to a new CEO or even giving advice back to yourself, right, from a couple of years ago, yeah. what would you advise them about? What would you advise yourself if you could... Would you say focus a bit more on your team or focus a bit more on your on your founders? Or would you say like get make sure the resource understanding of you know, the resource agreement is made? What, what would that well I think I think that's that's quite uh, variable. I mean, there are times when you need to focus more on your team because they need probably more top-down, I would say, advice on, on how to make things on, on how to make things happen, on on building their teams, on, mm. on communicating the strategy, on uh, communicating how relevant our purpose is. Yeah, so there are times where you need to focus a lot more on that. And there are times where you need to focus more on, on managing the owners or the board of a company. Yeah, I think at, at, at this moment, I am more focused on the second one. Yeah, on making sure that I do together with the owners uh, the homework on assuring, I would say, financial stability of the company, uh, a, a, a long-term project to give the right environment to my team yeah. to make things happen. Right. Yeah. So having security, having visibility, <coughs> what's going to happen? You know, um, yeah. the pandemic has hit us quite strongly, like many other retailers out there. Yeah. Yes. And I think we still have a better. I would say uh, a better uh, option or a better opportunity than other retailers because we are in the second hand uh, sustainability, a circular economy business. And yeah. this has 
a long-term, uh, I would say, project visibility, right? But at the same time, from a, from a financial point of view, we are all going through difficulties, yeah? So we need to make sure that we, at, a, at an operational level, we have the right KPIs, the right economics to make sure we can go out there and say, look, yeah. this is our business. Now Absolutely. we need the financing, yeah? Yeah, it's, it's great. I, I think one of the things that I, when I'm working with my CEO clients, I, I'd always remind them that with CEO, you know, you feel you have the ultimate power in a sense operationally, but actually the best way of using that power is always indirect because yeah. every time you use your power directly, you step on somebody's toes, you take away their decision-making ability, their accountability and ownership, and, you know, you start to do it for them and you become the bottleneck. Yeah. Um, and even... You, some people think, well, okay, I'll have to work in between that. So I'll be the bridge between sales and operations or whatever. But actually, if you take that role as well, you end up becoming the judge, the arbiter, the referee, uh, and that's and a bottleneck again. And yeah. so people go, well, if I can't actually make my operational decisions or I can't even be the uh, interface between operations, what do I do? Uh, my point is it's always about setting the setting the boundary conditions the 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 environment for success yeah and as you said it's like well aligning with the founders so that all the owners so that the resources and the support comes the air cover comes from the top you know creating the cultural environment <laughs> um the leadership um behaviors um all these kind of things, right? These yeah. are the governance, the things yeah. which allow everybody else to do their jobs to the best of their ability. Exactly. And I think that's exactly. the shift. And I think what you talk uh, about a little bit about culture and, and, and governance and so on and so on. One thing with I, which I think it's super relevant is making sure your company has a clear proposal. Yeah. And 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 we we have refunded our proposal recently. Yeah. We in cash converters have been quite focused, I would say, on what we call the need client, meaning our clients have been people that really need to buy or sell secondhand, mm -hmm. yeah, while we see an opportunity to become a player, which, let's say, facilitates circular economy and facilitates sustainability, yeah, mm. and, and having this kind of propose, yeah, making sure you facilitate circular economy that attracts a lot of a lot of uh, good profiles, a little a lot of strong yeah. people, strong professionals that want to work in a company which has a strong purpose. And of course, yeah. below the purpose, you have the values, you have communication, you have you know execution style, methodology, and so on and so on. The first thing is having uh, a good and attractive purpose. It's Richard here with a quick interlude. As part of my coaching and advisory work, I often work with leaders who have recently taken on the CEO role. It's a big leap from the comfort zone of functional leadership or business unit management. And it opens up a whole new set of stakeholders, pressures, decisions, and responsibilities. I found that there are three key things that will make a huge difference in those first quarters. Number one, balancing the operational and the strategic what I call CEO focus. Number two, establishing credibility, what I call CEO presence. And number three, managing stakeholders, those CEO conversations. 
I've written a short email series that goes into more detail on the transition to CEO and how you can practically sharpen your CEO focus, solidify your CEO presence and master your CEO conversations. It's insightful and it's entirely free of charge and you can register for it by going to xquadrant.com forward slash go forward slash curve. Now, back to the conversation. Yeah, I, I agree. Purpose is so, so key. I was so working recently with two different companies, one really huge, one uh, actually pretty small. Mm-hmm. And both of them, they kind of felt they were good businesses working well, but very focused on like this quarter's financials, right? And did we mm-hmm. really have a bigger purpose than that? And actually both of them, I think we've actually discovered there is this deeper thing which does set them on fire and is and does impact the world around them right i always say purpose it always has to be about impacting other people other state uh, stakeholders you know um Mm -hmm. could be the planet it could be other people but it's about how how am i contributing right beyond that and so i always say finance is the fuel but what's the destination right business is need finance right it needs money to invest and to grow and to pay people and to create great services but just like a car's purpose is not to just burn fuel right it's to go somewhere a business's job is to go somewhere as well right and exactly um, and finance is is just part of that so what's um so tell me about the circular economy like why is that important to you like what why why did you focus in on that well, that, that's a good story. Uh, look, when I when I left my previous business, Privalia, uh, Privalia was very much focused on fashion. Yeah, so it, it was a fashion outlet somehow. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so right after um, I left Privalia, I went on a on a sabbatical trip with my family. I took my two kids. I took them out from school, and we said, okay, let's go and travel for three months. Yeah, so we went to we went to Bali, we mm-hmm. went to Cambodia. Uh, we went to Vietnam and Singapore, right? So we were traveling in this region of the world, which is, by the way, amazing, amazing. And I really recommend everyone, you know, every every executive who has the chance to do it, you know, to take some months off. Uh, the more, the better, yeah. And and reconnect with with what's important, right? Your family, your wife, your kids. So. What I saw in Bali, especially in Bali, it's it's a high, a huge amount of um, how can you say it of, of uh, trash industries, right? Of plastics and and uh, and um, textile and a lot of uh, dirty rivers, dirty seas, dirty beaches. It was terrible. Yeah. Right. So I came back super uh, sensitive with with this situation in these countries, especially in Bali. Cambodia was as well quite impacting, but mm. I would say Bali. And I said, <clears throat> there, there is something I need to do around this. Yeah. So I was doing a small research with, with my ex-CEO, the founder of Privalia. And we were thinking about doing something together in, in textile sustainability, right? But it was not easy. It was not easy. We did some, some numbers. We did some... Uh, business plans and so on and we said uh, mm, it's not easy suddenly these uh, uh, two guys you know the two founders of the company came up with with a cash converters business and I said wow this is second hand yeah and even if if it's uh, second hand focused on a certain type of clients 
I think this has the, the you know the potential, the base to transform it into something different that can really change the purchase habits of many, many people. Yeah, and that's what we're doing now. We created what we call the uh, converters movement, right? And and below the umbrella of converters movement, we are proposing a lot of different actions to our mm. to our community. Uh, to buy less new products, buy more secondhand products, mm. to repeat more, to come back more often to our stores and so on, right? So Beautiful. that's what took me, let's say, to the secondhand business. And that's why I'm right now so much obsessed with uh, sustainability and, and, and circular economy. Well, I love it because you have a story, Miguel, right? So you have a story, you went to Bali, you saw the beaches and you realized, you want to be part of a solution there. And I think it's so important that we always have something in our history, our story that comes out mm-hmm. and we have to connect our own sense of purpose with this corporate purpose, right? And find that intersection. <laughs> I like to say, you can't move others until you moved yourself. Exactly, exactly. And I hear that in you. So I want to acknowledge you for that. Yeah, that's thank you that's very genuine. Much. Thank so let's, um, let's kind of wrap up a little bit and, and move into our little last section. I've got a few quick yeah. fire questions for you. Yeah, uh, sure. It's interesting to hear different CEOs' yeah. views on these. So what's your favorite quote? Oh, I think we, we talked about that uh, uh, a little bit before, right? Uh, there's, there's a very interesting quote which says, strategy is a commodity, um, execution is not, yeah? And I really see myself in that. Yeah, I think many people <coughs> can come up with a good presentation, with a good PowerPoint. Hey, this is what, where we need to go. These are like the two, three main rocks yeah, that we have to go for. Okay, let's go for it. And many people fail there. Yeah, many people fail there. And I think that, uh, to be honest, thanks to my previous experience and, and, and the two founders of Privalia, mm-hmm. Uh, with whom I really learned a lot, I've I've become somehow an specialist in in execution, yeah, in making things happen. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and actually, I have another take on that, um, which is um, people say you need strategy then execution. I say what you really need is alignment and then leadership. Yeah, that's and a good, that's a good one. <laughs> it's um, uh, yeah, it's subtle difference, right? Like you can have the strategy you want, but you need alignment. And execution, well, what you really yeah. need is, you said, the people to, to lead the people to do that. So and let's go why, on. And Sorry. that's why communication is so important. Because through communication, you can really make sure you align your company yeah, and, your, yes. and the people in your company. And, communic- and, and that's why, again, strategy um, needs to be easy to understand. It needs to be simple. Because if you communicate a complicated strategy, no one will get aligned. Yeah. <laughs> So. Yeah. And as a former strategy consultant, I, I, I get that, you know, and that was a hard lesson for, for me when I was beginning my career. You know, it was like, yeah, it's not about sophistication. It's about landing yeah. it, memorability, exactly. getting it exactly. into people. So yeah. next question, what's your favorite app on your phone at the moment? Wow. Um, look, I, I use an, an app called Kultra. Kultra is a motto sharing, yeah? Uh, app that I use every time I go to Madrid or Barcelona and I try not because I don't like the app it's because I I try to run away from 
I would say, uh, combustion, um, how do you call it? Uh, normal cars. Yeah, yeah, combustion engines, yeah. Combustion yeah. engines, exactly. So I used this app and reserve my my electric uh, moto and, you know, I drive all around the cities, even if it takes me, you know, 10, 20 minutes more than, than with a car, I always try to use these electric vehicles and it's super easy mm-hmm. to use, super friendly. Um, the good thing is that the company belongs to a very good friend of mine as well. So, so super happy to, to be able to use it. And that was called Cultra, did you say? Cultra, it's C-O-O-L-T-R-A. Okay, Cultra. Cultra. Okay, well, for that. And they have, they, have mo- uh, they have motor sharing as well in Paris, in Milan, uh, in Rome. They are expanding quite quickly. And Beautiful. I think they're one of the, I would say, the companies that is called to be uh, one of the leaders in Europe in the theater. Amazing. How about a book? What book has really influenced you? Oh, <laughs> uh, um, uh, there there are some of them that are that had inf- had influenced me from a professional point of view, uh, but I like more the ones that influenced me on on a on a personal way. Yeah, and I'm reading one which is hitting me quite hard right now, or which is in kind of making me go back to my old times. I'm reading a, um, a book about a murder of, a, of an ex-ETA. Uh, you know ETA back in Basque country 20, 25 years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, I lived the hard moments of ETA in the Basque country and Basque. I lived in San Sebastian. Mm. I've seen many hard things in that time. And this book uh, is bringing me back to that time and making me think how, I would say, how, how fortunate we are today uh, of being away or out of those times, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very interesting book, which uh, takes place in, in Ibiza. Uh, and it's about how one of these ex-ETA guys is, is killed, is murdered by someone else. And, you know, Right. It talks about the murder and goes back in the time to those, you know, 20, 25 years ago. Super interesting. Mm. Yeah, fascinating. What would you <laughs> tell your 20-year-old self? What advice, leadership advice would you give them? Uh, I keep on telling it myself, you know, enjoy life. Um, this weekend, I was in a very interesting event uh, in Jerez de la Frontera, which is a place... Uh, where flamenco happens uh, and, and, you know, like every, every day, every hour. And I love flamenco. And I was sending my mom um, some pictures and she was telling me, hey, you've learned uh, to enjoy your life. Amazing, right? And yes, I am someone who enjoys life. And I would, you know, I would tell it to myself. I tell it to my kids all the time. And I tell it to everyone. Yeah, we're <laughs> super fortunate and we need to enjoy life, both personal and as well professionally speaking. Lovely. You're so right. Last um, quick fire question. Uh, who would you recommend come on this podcast? Who's, a, who's an impactful CEO, somebody that you admire, um, that inspires you? Um, yeah, who, who comes to mind? 
Well, I, you know, I, I would say there are two people uh, that I would recommend. Jose Manuel Villanueva, he's the founder of Privalia. He's been my boss for, for nine years. Uh, he's much more than a boss today. We are super good friends. Every time I go to Barcelona, I sleep in his place. He never lets me go to a hotel. That's so nice. So we kind yeah. of catch up together. And, and you know, and, and he, he's founded another business. He tells me about his business. I tell him about mine. So he's the most impactful person I have had in my life. So, you know, try to try to, to connect. And uh, he will give you amazing stories and amazing tips. Yeah. I think there is a second person. Um, she's the founder. She's called Carlota P. Carlota P. She's the founder of Olaluf. Olaluf is a uh, an energy distributor here in Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and fighting against the big the big ones, yeah, uh, for let's say energy distribution. And she and her co-founders are doing an amazing job, yeah. And Carlota uh, and her two co-founders were in my same MBA class back in two thousand and nine. And you could already see, you know, this this lady together with with the co-founders, they were going to do something special, yeah, and they did. Right. And they the cream rises it. to the top. You can spot these things sometimes, can't you? Exactly. Yeah. Those are super too impactful people. Uh, even Timo Timo Butfish, he's the founder of Kultra. I think he's an amazing guy, German guy. Uh, loves Spain, lives in Barcelona. He's a very impactful guy as well, with very interesting insights with a very clear vision about you know circular economy sustainability and all those things absolutely thank you thanks there's a great people i'll look them up um fascinating finally and um, no matter how much we've achieved there's always a next level to get to so what's the next challenge or the next level for the business what's going to be growth for for cash converters in España? yeah we have a quite clear uh business plan and, and, and business path um, in 2026, so we have ahead of us right now a five-year five strategic plan where we want to uh, double our sales, yeah, and uh, we want to triple uh, our uh, gross margin, okay? Um, and uh, there are different ways to do that, but we have a, a pretty clear uh, way. We want to grow our offline retail business by 40%, we want to triple our e-commerce business, yeah? And we want to double our financial solutions uh, business. So that would take us more or less to that doubling uh, the, the sales and tripling uh, gross margin. Great. And so what's going to need, to, how are you going to need to change, Miguel, yourself? This is the difficult question, right? What's well, going to be the stretch for you uh, as CEO to be the CEO where that can happen to, um, yeah, take, you know, play a bigger game yourself. Yeah, I think that you mentioned something quite interesting uh, some minutes ago, and it's basically about making sure you leave the right space to the right people in the company, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So for the time being, I would say due to the number of different challenges that we have ahead of us, plus the particular situation that we're going through, which is the, still the pandemic, I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, 
I say I'm, I'm quite, I'm still quite operative. Yeah. So I try to be very close to my team, even if they have a high level of decision-making power, no question about it, yep. but I'm, I'm pretty much on top of them and trying to help them and, and asking, Hey, what can I do for you? Yeah. I think that at some point I will need to take a step back. Mm. Yeah. And, and move more towards that other level that we were talking about. Yeah. To be closer to the ownership of the company, to the owners of the company, to yeah. give more of, of 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 context of financial, I would say, security of of yeah. you know that general part of the of the business that is very very important for a strong leadership team. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's going to be my challenge, and and finding the right moment and the right way to do that. I think that's again an art and it's not any more strategy, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's called reinventing your success formula, right? And it's always challenging because we're having to do things which we didn't do before, right? Be less hands-on, be less the one driving the results and more yeah. the one enabling and uh, uh, creating the, uh, the the context, which is always I'll, different. I'll give you I'll give you an example. Today I had a meeting with my uh, chief people officer, and she told me, "Hey Miguel, I'm I'm a little bit nervous. I'm a little bit surprised because you know in the in the last days, in the last weeks, um, um, you know you haven't been so close, and you know we kind of miss you a little bit close to us." And I said, "Look, I'm I'm doing all the things that are as important." to you and to the others as I've been doing in the past yeah so hey take the take take the chance you know keep on going make your own decisions if you need to ask you always have me on the phone or or a meeting uh do it no problem yeah so you know finding that finding that that balance between you know taking a step back and making sure your team does not feel like hey where is he yeah. yeah, that is a strong challenge. Yeah, yeah. We could do a whole new episode about that one, but let's leave it there for now. Miguel, <laughs> it's been great to talk to you. If people want to find out more about you or about the business, how do they do that? Well, you can ping me on LinkedIn, uh, Miguel Giribet. So my name, my surname, there are not many. There's only one. My surname <laughs> is, is quite strange. Uh, you know, any anyone can, can ping me, can call me. Um, my phone number is there. So happy to, to connect with as many people as, as needed. Perfect. Miguel, it's been a real pleasure. I've really appreciated talking uh, all these different things, um, complications of running a business uh, in, through lockdown with this offline component, <laughs> um, thinking about this dynamic between managing the board and managing the team. Um, the sense of purpose, right, which has really come out, I think, there. Um, and it's just been a fascinating conversation. So many thanks and all the best as you double your business in the next five years. Thank you, Richard. I'm happy to share my experience and my insights and hope to, hope to talk to you soon again. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Now let's talk about you. When you're in top leadership, when you're in the biggest role of your career, who supports you at a deep level as you lead others? Who helps you multiply your impact and get to the next level? If you're ready to learn more about our content, our coaching, and our community, then visit us at xquadrant.com.